Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, we open our hearts to you tonight and to your word. I thank you for strengthening us, encouraging us, teaching us, Lord, the way that we should go as your people, as your children, following after you with all of our hearts, walking in your ways, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, hallelujah. I'm going to start in a very, very, very familiar passage of Scripture tonight in John chapter 3. John 3.16, we probably can recite that pretty much by heart. Used to be you could hardly ever watch a ball game on TV without somebody in the stand holding up a John 3.16 sign. Haven't seen it too much lately, but used to be that way all the time. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I think one of the most important messages that's in the Bible is, is the message of salvation, but, it's, but my point is not, is not salvation tonight, but it's, it's the fact that God so loved, the Bible says that what, that he gave, that love gives, love produces uh, a, an action, Love demonstrates itself. <clears throat> Love is not a static thing. It's not just, it's not a feeling. It, it, it generates an action. It generates certain words, certain behaviors. And God saw that there was a problem on the earth. It was a sin problem. It was a separation problem. And because he loved, he gave. He did what was necessary to fix the problem. He, and it, and it, wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was a painful it's a very painful thing to do, but he did it because of love. There was only one way to solve the problem. There was one way to, only one way to solve the dilemma. And God knew the answer, and God knew that he was the answer. So he did what had to be done voluntarily. And that's something, I've I just been being reminded, love gives, love gives, love gives. Because of his love for us in the world, he gave himself. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 3, it says, because of his great love with which he loved us. It's because of his love. You know, some people say our sin held him on the cross. Well, his, maybe, but his love for us held him on the cross. He wanted, he wanted us back as a family. Love is the real reason. Love is the motivation why God does anything. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, talking about the nation of Israel. God says that he didn't choose them because they were the greatest or the strongest. 
He chose them because he loved them. And why, why did he love them? He loved them because of the fathers, to confirm his oath to the fathers. Abraham was a man who followed God, and because of that, God's blessing came upon those people. Love is the ultimate motivation of God. He just he loves the world. You know, the, the, the sinful, corrupt, selfish, self-centered, ungodly world. He came, you know, he, he came and he rescued us because he loves us. Not for anything that's good in us, but just because of his love. You know, it's a remarkable thing. Because I, when, I, when I think about my life and the life I was living, it's like, God, why did you even, why, why, why did you ever want anything to do with me? But he loved me. He drew me to himself, and I'll be forever grateful. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 8, it says, But God demonstrates his love toward us, that while we were sinners, God died for us. God gave himself for us. The King James says, God commendeth his love. But the word means, really, the word means to exhibit, to demonstrate. Again, it shows us that, God, that love produces an action. Love show, God shows us that he loves us. He doesn't just talk about it. He shows us that he loves us by dying for us when we, when we were his enemies, when there was nothing appealing, nothing attractive about us, nothing good about us. Uh, if, we could, if we could grasp the magnitude of that. You know, it's one thing I, I, I meditate on, on the cross. I meditate on the sacrifice of Jesus. I'm trying to... I'm trying to uh, Understand in a greater way the magnitude of that sacrifice that he made for all of us, for me. If we really understood what we are saved from, you know, sometimes I feel like God, I'd love, I'd love to see heaven. But at the same time, I feel like if God took every one of us to hell just for a few seconds, and we could see what we'd been delivered from, what we'd been saved from, I, I tell you, for the rest of our life, we'd be saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. you know, we could we'd never get over it. But we're going to spend eternity with him, thanks to his great love with which he loved us. When you understand that, there should be a response from us. God, how can I show you my gratitude? How can I show you that I love you? Well, in John chapter 14... Jesus said, well, actually, Jesus, he said it more than, more than once in John chapter 14. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. One of the ways that we show God that we love him is by keeping his commandments, by submitting to him, by walking in the ways that he wants us to, to walk in, to being the people he's called us to be. Not, not out of compulsion, not out of a sense of duty, but out of, out of a sense of gratitude and love. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. I want to do this for you. I want to live my life for you in gratitude for what you've done for me. When we realize how good and how loving and how merciful and how forgiving and how patient and how faithful he is to us, it should make us want to, want to please him in everything that we do and everything that we say. In John chapter 17, In 
In verse 3 it says, And this is eternal life, that we may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. To know God is the real purpose of life. If anyone goes through this life without, without knowing the love of God, they've missed one of the greatest experiences any man can have. Life is empty and meaningless without knowing God. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place in, our heart, in, the, in the heart of every human being that, that, um, that longs for fellowship with God because we were made to have fellowship with him. When God, he, God made us to have fellowship with him, so there's, there's, a, like, there's a hole, there's a spiritual hole in the heart of, of all people. I know there was in me. I looked around in my life and I said, is this all that life has to offer? I should be happy. I'm doing something that I really enjoy doing, but why am I, why am I, why am I not feeling that good? I remember one time when we, when we were stationed up at K.I. Sawyer Air Force Base in Michigan, which is way, way up in the upper peninsula of Michigan, Marquette, Michigan. Uh, we, we used to, I think they still had snow piled up there in April or May, in May. My wife's shaking her head in May. But we were, we were, having a party one night, and uh, I think I got lost. Anyway, I was kind of out of it, and my wife went over to a friend's house, and she said I was crying that night, and I was saying, I've, I've, why am I crying? I've got everything in the world the world wants to give me. You know, I should be happy. Why am I crying? And yet there was something in her that was missing. And we, we seemed to have everything that the world wanted to give you. We had enough money. We had, we were living the high life, but we were sad because we went. We didn't know God, and God finally, God came into her life a, while, a little while later, and it made all the difference. In Ephesians chapter three, the Apostle Paul prays we would know that we would know the love of God, the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of it. To know it for real, even though it's unknown, even even though it's too too much for anybody to know the true, the whole thing, but to to know to know the love of God, to know that God truly loves you, and you know when that happens, it's like you trust it. It makes it makes it easy to trust God when you really believe that He loves you. It's it's easy to say yes, Lord. I know you love me. I know you're going to work it out. I know whatever is going on is going to be okay. I know you're watching over me. I know you're going to make all things work together for my good. I know you love me, and you're going to take care of me. It generates faith. It generates trust in God when you know how much he loves you. And he'll do, he'll do whatever, he, whatever he needs to bless you. In 1 John chapter 4, if you want to turn with me there, you stick your finger in 1 John. We're going to go back there a couple times. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love, and we are made in his image. We long for his love. We're created to be loved. And those who really, those people who have not been loved, when, as they've been growing, especially when children grow up in a home where there's, where there's neglect, 
or they're rejected or they're abused or whatever and they're not loved the way they should. It cripples us to some degree emotionally. We're not, we don't become the people that God wanted us to be. We're made to know love and to be loved and to, and to love others. But when we're born again, we're introduced to the love of God and we begin to truly understand what love is. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 5, it says, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. When we come, when we come to God, his love is placed within us. And so we can begin to love, even, even though we've never been loved, maybe never been loved, we can begin to love the way God loves. We can begin to walk in that love because it's been shed abroad in our heart. In 1 John chapter 4, in verse 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. Because he loved us and came into our lives and saved us. So we, we walk in love like God wants us to. We may need, we may need to learn how, but, it's, but we can. Because the, sh- the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Again in 1 John chapter 4, it says in verse 16, We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. We have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. You know, sometimes you might ask somebody, do you believe that God loves you? Well, sort of. No, the Bible says we're supposed to know and believe. Know it and believe it. So it should be something that said, yes, I know God loves me. I sense it. I feel it. I, I, he, watches, he watches over me. He takes care of me. I know he loves me. We, we're supposed to know it and believe it. It's supposed to be very real to us, not just a, not just a theological uh, concept, but God wants us to actually know it and really believe that he loves us, and he does. He loves you. You understand that? God loves you. God loves you. He loves me. God loves me. It blows me out of the water. But it's true. God loves me. I, I just, I'm so, I get excited. I really do. It's wonderful. So we're supposed to know it and believe it. And uh, we'll follow him without fear because we know, because we trust in that love that he has for us. And this, it's, it's a God kind of love. There's different words in the scriptures that talk about love but this is, this is a God kind of love. It's a, it's a selfless, self-giving love. It, gives, it does whatever it needs. And I think the scripture that describes it best for us is in John 15, 13, where it says, Greater love has no man than this, but that he lays down his life for his friends. If we love like God wants us to love, we will lay down our lives for others. Not just for our families, but for, for anyone who needs us, who will lay down our lives. In Matthew chapter 5, it says love it goes the extra mile. It goes beyond what, what's required. It does more than what's necessary. And it's unconditional. This God's love is unconditional. There's no strings attached. There's no demands. You know, I'll love you if you love me. No, that's not what God's love is. It's all just, I'm going to love you. Love is a decision. I'm going to love you regardless of how... I mean, I may not want to be around you very much if, you, if you're nasty, but I'm still going to love you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you every way I can. And, it, and this love cannot be earned. It's, it's just given. It's just given. 
The God kind of love doesn't hurt, doesn't manipulate, doesn't abuse, doesn't control, doesn't criticize, doesn't humiliate, doesn't downgrade, doesn't downgrade and humiliate. But this kind of love always edifies. It always builds up. This love serves, submits, gives, and gives, and gives, and gives. Like parents that have a disabled child, it's not a chore. It's, a, it's because they love that child so much, they watch over it, they care for it all the days of his life. And we have friends. We have friends, uh, pastor friends. Uh, Abe and Naomi Clemens had a, a daughter who, married, who got married, and uh, she had a child. And that child had some kind of, I don't know what the disease was, but it was blind, it was deaf, and it had no, uh, it had no muscular strength. It, it couldn't stand, it couldn't walk, couldn't crawl. And they told him when the baby was born, they told him it wouldn't live more than three or four years. Well, I know a few years ago, uh, he was in his, I think he was in his 20s when we saw, he's in his 20s. But he's in a wheelchair, he has to be fed, he wears diapers, he has his whole life. I mean, he's, he, takes, he has to have total care. And yet you've never heard, you've never heard those parents complain. Never. They take care of that child with, with nothing but love, love, love. Because that's what, that's, what love, that's what the Bible says. Love never fails. This kind of love, it always, it never fails. It never quits. It never stops. And, it, and that's the way we, even if it's inconvenient, even if it's sacrificial, this love just keeps giving and giving in Jesus' name. And that's the kind of love that's in me. And that's the kind of love that's in all of us. We can walk in love because love is in us. Because the one who is love is in us. In Jesus' name. This love is like a husband and a, it's like a husband to his wife. In Ephesians In Ephesians chapter 5 speaking of husbands and wife relationship it says husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So this is how I'm supposed to love my wife the way Christ loved me, sacrificially. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, <clears throat> having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. <clears throat> Excuse me. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their, own, their love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of His body. So Christ loves us the way a husband is supposed to love his wife, and that's a great scripture for a husband. You know, I've known too many men who want, who want to go, who want to back up a few verses and say, "Well, the Bible says the wife's supposed to submit." Yeah, well, that scripture is written to wives; it's not written to husbands. I, I tell husbands, "Butt out!" That's not your scripture. Go to the golden ones that pertain to you, and love your wife like Christ loved the church, and she'll love you the way you want her to. In Jesus' name. But agape love can't be earned; 
It's just given. In, in Matthew chapter 22, in verse 34, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And this is the great and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Loving God and loving our neighbor. It's what we've been put on earth to do. You know, I keep my mind, my thoughts keep going back to this uh, video I saw uh, of a man named Howard, Howard Storm. The man was a confirmed, a confirmed atheist. And he, you know the story, he took to a group of students, he was a college professor, and took a group of students to Paris to uh, look at the art, the great art, art places. And while he was there, he was, he was struck with a physical ailment, and he ended up dying. And being an atheist, he really believed that when he died, that that, that was the end. It was the, t- the end of life. But he found himself outside of his body, and he, end, he ended up in hell for a short time. And then Jesus came and re- I'm doing this real quick. And Jesus came and rescued him. But he said, as we were kind of going up toward heaven, it's like we got about halfway there, and we stopped. And Jesus began to have a conversation with me. And one of the things that he did, he said, Jesus began to show me my life. He said, he showed, he showed me my whole life. He said, it was very embarrassing. It was very humiliating. I mean, he showed me every, every lustful thought, every bad thought I've ever had. But he also showed me that at, at any time in my life, when I was kind to somebody, when I was uh, helping someone, when I, when I did something good, he said, when God showed me that even when he wasn't saved, even when he wasn't saved, when he did something good, when he was kind, when he was helpful, he says it pleased the angels, it pleased Jesus, and it pleased God. God was pleased. Even though he wasn't saved, God was pleased to see his creation acting the way he wanted him to act. And God also showed me that all the times that I was selfish and self-centered and, and mean and that it, it, was, it was displeasing to the angels, it was displeasing to Jesus, and it was displeasing to God. And he said, I, I saw then that the re- whole reason why human beings are on the earth is to, ple- is, to please go- is to love God and to love each other, to love God and to love others. Now, he, he wasn't saved when those things, he wasn't talking about that, not that, that, that didn't save him, but it pleased God when God sees his children. But that was the whole, he said, the whole reason God showed him, the whole reason why we're here on this earth, saved or unsaved, the whole reason why human beings are on this earth is to give glory to God, to love God, and to love each other. It's the whole purpose for our creation. And when we're doing that, it's pleasing to God. So the Bible says that we're, but that lines up with Scripture. We're supposed to love God with our whole heart, with our whole soul, with our whole mind, our whole strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Romans 13 says that love is the fulfillment of the law. 
in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 14, says this is basically the same thing. It says, the whole law is summed up in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Because if you love your neighbor, then you'll, you, won't, you won't do the things that the law says not to do. You'll treat your neighbor right, and you'll fulfill the law. In 1 John chapter 4, It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So God is love, but we're to love one another, because love is from God, and God is in us. And God wants us to walk in love toward everyone. And we can love because we've been born again, and his spirit resides within us. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says, The goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart. But some straying from that have turned aside to fruitless discussion. And 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, at the end of that chapter, it talks about the spirit gifts of the Spirit earlier in the chapter. But the very last scripture in the first Corinthians chapter 12, it says, but earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I'll show you still a more excellent way. So the Bible encourages us to desire spiritual gifts, but without them, and it goes on to say in chapter 13, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gifts of prophecy, and I know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and surrender my body to be burned, and do not have love, it profits me nothing. So the bottom line is love. You can do all, you can do everything right, but if you know if you're doing it out of obligation or duty not out of love. It doesn't count. Love lays down its life. Love never fails. God's called us to walk in love, to be, to, so, to be a sec, to, to have sacrificial love that just gives and gives and gives. So, Father, I thank you for showing us, Lord, how to walk in love, for being the example to us of sacrificial, self-giving love that lays down its life for others. Help us, Lord, to never forget that we're to love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and all of our strength. And we're to love our neighbor as ourself. That love is the fulfillment of the law that we will please you in every respect if we walk in love. Help us to walk in love always, to lay down our lives for others because of what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled 
with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.